0: Well, praise the Lord. It is good to see you, and we're glad that you're here. And uh, this morning, um, I'm going to, I did last Sunday night, and I'm going to again this morning, I'm just going to share a little bit of my heart with you um, of where today um, things things are kind of making their way. Uh, which is concerning when we think about uh, the church as a whole. And let me say more specifically, there is some concern that even as the church as a whole, as far as all believers are concerned, but probably even more, if we narrow the focus down, it is more down to the local church today. Part of it has to do with, I honestly, honestly believe, a mindset today of where our mindset seems to be changing. What's causing that change in the mindset, I believe, is the culture in the world that we find ourselves in today. Because the way culture defines things and the way culture places things today. And one of the things I also want you to understand, please, just I want to make sure, all of those who are watching online, as well as everybody who is seated here this morning, this message from me this morning is from my heart. It is not a message of getting on to the church. It's just where I believe things are and are moving toward. And one of the things is we have the capacity within ourselves to help change that direction. Now, for many, it it could be more costly um, because it's going to require sometimes for us to stand against the ebb and flow of society and culture in the world that we live in today to understand and realize the significance and the priority of which God has placed on what we're doing today. And unfortunately, I think where we find ourselves is that priority that God has placed on it we have kind of been redefining that priority somewhat. And so this morning, I, I believe where we are, and for all of those who who currently serve in ministries here, at, at this church specifically, serve in the ministry as a whole, okay, we thank you for all that you do. But one of the things that I want to try to encourage your heart with this morning, that that task is not just to... Uh, small handful, but it's to the church as a whole. And so therefore, everyone being involved actively serving, matter of fact, every believer that's in this building today and everyone who's watching, every believer is gifted with a gift or gifts to be used in serving the body and the body as a whole. And so all of us, as we look for and determine what our gift is to use in serving in the body. One of the things as a believer that we ought to be doing today is actively seeking where that is. And then how do we plug in? But I'm afraid today what has happened is many today have kind of moved God to the fringe of everyday life. He's out there, okay? But He's there if we need Him. Yet, Yet he's far enough away that he doesn't interfere with our own schedules. And that's kind of what we've done with God today. He's there, but he's just kind of far enough away that if we need him, we can get him. But he doesn't interfere with our schedule. See, I think what's happened today is We've allowed culture in the world to define what that schedule looks like. Instead of understanding and realizing that as a believer, our schedule, our time, our life should be defined by Him. And, matter of fact, to the level and to the point that we seek Him in all that we do, anything that takes place in our lives, it should be placed against, okay, God, what is it that you desire for me? I I know what my own fleshly desire is, okay? But unfortunately today, here's, here's, here's the difficulty that we find ourselves in. There's our desire and then there's God's desire for our lives. The important thing is getting God's desire for our life and our desire for our life and bringing them together. And, and that sometimes can be the difficult part. And I'll tell you where it begins. It begins with the mind. It begins with the heart as a believer. I think today we've given folks just enough Jesus to be bored. And I don't mean that funny, but we've given folks just enough Jesus to be bored, but not enough to follow him no matter what, no matter where, and no matter when. Just enough that we can feel somewhat connected. But if other things get in the way, then guess what? The easy one to move to the side is, and I hear people say this all the time. I have people say this and make this comment to me. Well, you know, God understands my schedule and he knows where I am. Really? Really? What about, what about looking for his priorities? So here's what the scripture says. So as we think, we do. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 23 and verse number 7. Proverbs chapter 23, verse number 7. So as we think, we do. What's in our mind and on our heart is what we do. Matter of fact, there's an adage out there. Matter of fact, it's in most most psychological arenas. And here's basically what it says. We do based upon our belief system. And everybody in this building this morning has a belief system to some degree. And so therefore, everything that you do in your life follows and plays off of that belief system. Now, my question today to you is, so, so what is your belief system? I mean, what drives your life, your purpose in life as a believer? So, so, what, so what, drives, what drives our day? And let me say this to you, as a believer, God ought to drive every day of your life. Not just when, okay, we're, we're in a season of life now. Okay, all of this is gone, but I'm in this season of life now. Okay, God, now, now I'm ready. It doesn't work that way. As a believer, that should be a part of our lives every single day. You know, I've had people ask me, said, well, Brother Robert, when, when, when are you planning on retiring? Let me, let me just go ahead and say, God didn't call me into this to retire. No, he didn't. Now, does that may mean he has something else for me? He may. I, I, that, I can't answer that question. I don't know. All I do is take every day, I take each day as he gives it to me and say, okay, God, I'll continue right here where I am until such time that you change that. And I can tell you right now, he hadn't changed it, Okay. Does that mean that he won't? I, I, I can't answer that question. So, so for us who are getting up in age, okay, for me, when God called me into the ministry, it didn't come with a retirement age or a retirement date. As Paul said, I press toward the mark, the prize, the high calling of Jesus Christ. Every single day, we as believers should press toward the mark. Every day, pressing toward that mark. Because I'm going to tell you something. There's some of our senior adults who have a ton of wisdom. That's what they have. Matter of fact, sit down with them sometimes and just have a conversation with them. And just talk to them and see where they are. Let them reflect upon where they used to be and where they are now. And I will say this to you. There's not a senior adult in this building today who are outside of God using you. To to some capacity or some degree. God can use All of us, now, let me share this with you, okay? God will use those who make themselves available for his use. And sometimes we wonder, well, you know, I'm I'm at this point and I've already reached this point and and we're already at this point and things are ended, you know, and, and, and God help us that we would ever use the phrase, I've done my time. Well, let me ask you a question. Are you planning to spend all of eternity with him? Then let me share something with you. It's only begun. So it's not a matter of, I've done my time. Look at Proverbs chapter 23 and verse number 7. It's very clear, very plain. For as he thinks within himself, what? So he is. We act, we do. Based upon our heart and our minds. And it comes down to this. And I hear people, you know, they they talk to me about this a lot. Okay. But, you know, culture today. Culture's been around forever. Or since the day of creation, culture's been around. Culture, let me... I hate to say, culture's not going anywhere until Jesus Christ returns and the end is brought to us. Culture is not going away. But it is time the church quit using culture as an excuse for what we're not doing. You don't understand. Culture says this, okay, what does the scripture say? Well, culture says ought to be here. What does the word of God say? Well, you know, culture says that by this time ought to be doing this. What has God told you to do? Regardless of what culture may say. Where the church is today and what we have got to do today is we need to develop a kingdom mentality. And the question becomes, so how do you do that? You know, we say that all the time. You need a kingdom focus. You need a a kingdom mentality. You need to be kingdom focused. Well, I have a simple question for you. Okay, I want to be kingdom focused. How does that happen? How do I become kingdom focused? Every day when you're about life, how do you see things in the world around you? We should see things in the world around us is making our way eventually to spend all of eternity with God. Now there's a path. Paul, Paul had a very clear image of what that was. And for believers today in the church, so should we. Matter of fact, Paul said, I pressed toward the Mark. He said, leaving all of this other behind. He said, I counted it all but lost, so that he might what? Win Christ. At the end of the day, our heart's desire for each of us is that we would have that same drive and motivation that Paul had. So when any opportunity comes about to serve, one of the things we would be saying is, where can I sign up? Where can I serve in the body? Not only in the body as a whole, but in the body local." Where can I help for the furtherance of the gospel? What is needed? Where are we? Where do we go from here? And let me say this this morning. It is time we stop pursuing a program and start pursuing a person. It is time that we stop doing another program and and start pursuing a person. And that's a capital P. see this thing's not about programs it's about pursuing a person it's not about the latest and greatest program listen it's not about marketing the church that's not what we're in the business of doing is marketing the church well who's got the latest and greatest who's got the newest thing on the block And my dear friend, if that is our motivation for serving, is to go to where the latest and the greatest is, we're in the wrong place. It's not about the latest and greatest of the programs. What it is, it's about pursuing a person. Pursuing Jesus Christ. And understanding the task that has been given to us. You see, if we transform our thoughts... And bring our minds under the authority of Christ. We lay the foundation then for transforming our actions. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter number 3. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 through verse number 4. If we transform our thoughts and bring our minds under the authority of Christ, then we lay the foundation for transforming our actions. How is our actions going to change? There's only one way our actions are going to change. (laughs) Please listen to me. We do based upon what we believe. We do based upon priorities in our lives. And I'll say this, there's an old saying that goes like this, the greasy wheel or the squeaky wheel <laughs> always gets the grease. The greasy wheel, I started to say the greasy wheel always gets the squeak. The squeaky wheel always gets the grease. And that's the way it is. So in our, in our lives, as we consider the priorities of our lives, then it comes down to what, what's important when it comes to the Lord. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through verse 4, I want you to notice what it says. It says, therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, so in other words, if you're a believer, you've been raised up with Christ, then notice what Paul said. He says, keep seeking the things above where Christ is. Do what? Keep seeking those things. Keep seeking those things which are above Christ. In other words, those things which are eternal, that's where our focus should be. On those things that are eternal, looking for those things that are going to have a a benefit or a means that are eternal, not that are temporal. Paul goes on to say, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Then notice verse 2 because it's an interesting phrase. Because in Greek, here's what the Greek word actually means where it says set your mind on, it means to practice the things above. It means to practice them. That's what we should be doing in life every day, is practicing those things that are what? That are above. We have opportunities every day to practice those things that are above. In our lives, spending time with the Lord at the start of the day, finding out what it is that He has for us throughout the day, walking in the Spirit. Matter of fact, if the Holy Spirit lives within sight of us, and here's what the scripture said, Paul said, so if that is the case, then what you ought to do is walk in the Spirit. And so, therefore, walking in the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, which should be evident and seen in our lives, should be a part of our lives each and every day now there are times when things can get difficult and we can find ourselves in the middle and in the throes of a very difficult situation and we can find ourselves in traumatic situations sometimes and we can find ourselves in times where it just le- it seems like the whole world's falling in around us but where do we find our strength Psalm 121, verse 1 says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from where my help comes from. And and then right behind that, it says my help comes from who? It comes from the Lord. Now, I know, I hear it all the time. Brother Robert, that is easier said than done. And I get that. Because sometimes when we find ourselves in the middle of it, where do we hold on to? Well, Colossians chapter 3, verse number 3 says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with who? You're no longer yourself, you're a new creation your life is hidden in Christ that's where it should be and so if our life is hidden in Christ then what it ought to do is it ought to motivate and drive us as we live life every day understanding and realizing the same theme throughout all of the scripture has been this judgment is coming judgment's coming judgment is coming we have a task that has been given to us and that's to share the good news of Jesus Christ and then verse 4 of Colossians chapter 3 it says and when Christ who is our life is revealed then you also will be revealed with him where in glory see that's what we have to look forward to but we're not there yet so guess what We have a task here to do. And one of the things that the church has got to do is get back to the point and get back to the place that we're busy doing what we've been tasked to do. That's to share the good news of Jesus Christ. With not only inside of this building, but outside of this building in our communities, everywhere we go. Building relationships, talking to people, sharing with people that, hey, judgment's coming. But here's where I'm afraid of. We've gotten to today. We've heard it for so long. Does it really? Okay. Matter of fact, we just let it roll off of our tongues today. Yeah, we know what we ought to be doing. Yep. We know judgment's coming. And we we use it. It just kind of rolls off of our tongue today. But my question is, let me tell you where I honestly believe. Do we as a church really believe that judgment's coming? Because you realize this. It can come at any at any moment, at any time, it can come. And l- let me let me offer this to you as well. A kingdom mind is a battleground. A kingdom mind is a battleground. Why, why is a kingdom mind a battleground? I'll tell you why. Because Satan is battling for your mind and your heart. He wants your heart. And I'll say this, I'll say this to you to, today, this morning, okay? Here's what Paul said. So those that you yield your members to obey... That's who you become. So who should we be yielding ourselves to? To Christ and the Holy Spirit. See, it's a battleground. It's a war that's taking place today. And I will tell you something. Satan wants to do everything. Listen, he doesn't care if you come to church. Come on. Matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised that he doesn't attend on occasion. Matter of fact, he doesn't necessarily mind that you read your Bible. But I will say this to you: why do we read it? Why do we come? Why do we attend? church See it goes back to it goes back to what we believe Because our actions are a picture of what we believe You see a victory in the mind is a victory of our actions victory in the mind is a victory of our actions. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse 3 through verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through verse 5. And notice what Paul says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Verse 5 deals with our mind and our heart. And notice what Paul says in verse 5. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I'm going to tell you something. It's a daily thing. Why do you think Paul wrote, I bring my body into subjection how often? Every day. Why? Why? Because the battleground is there. Matter of fact, one of the things that Satan wants to do is to wield you defenseless and useless. With absolutely no influence at all. That should not be our desire. Verse 6. Paul then goes on and he says, And we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. So we need to be investing in the kingdom today. It's what we need to be doing, not just spending. We need to be investing in the kingdom, not just spending. In other words, you don't get credit for an audit. You know, sometimes in the university or in college, you could audit a class. You go spend the time, spend the hour, sit through the class, and at the end of the class, guess what you get? You get no credit. Church, listen to me. It's time we quit auditing and start participating. Understanding and realizing that the task today ahead of us is not going to be an easy task. So our desire and our heart should be that the church remain as healthy as it possibly can. And I will say this, how's that going to happen? How will the church remain healthy and stay where she needs to be? I believe where we are today is this. We must recommit ourselves to developing richer, deeper, more powerful churches for Christ. What, is that, what does that hold? How do we do that? And please listen to me this morning. That's every believer. This isn't just, okay. I want you to understand something. This message this morning is not just to a handful, it's to all of us. All of those watching. All of those who make up the bride of Christ. You know, I asked the question Wednesday night. We've been dealing with spiritual disciplines. And so I asked the question Wednesday night as you check your spiritual maturity level, here was the sixth question out of 10 questions that you can ask yourself. Do you have an increased love for the bride of Christ today more than you've had? You should. So is the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ is one day going to be joined to the bridegroom. Jesus Christ is the bridegroom. The church is the bride. One day that wedding, that marriage is going to be consummated in eternity. It's going to happen. And so guess what? All of us who make up the bride, I don't know about you, but here's what Paul wrote in Corinthians. In writing to the church of Corinth, he compares the physical body to each individual part of the gifts that we've been given. And so the hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you anymore. So boom, you're out of here and going. I can do everything I need to with my hand. Please listen to me. The physical body only has the strength that it needs of which all of the members of the body allow it to do so. When you start removing members of the body, then that human physical body can no longer accomplish what God intended for it to. Except for some things like, I guess, the appendix. or. But seriously, I can tell you right now, You cut off a little finger. It limits what you can do with your hand. Cut off your toes. We wouldn't think they equated to much, but they do. And listen to me, please. Every gift, every spiritual gift of the bride of Christ is necessary. For the bride to be what she should be. And I believe the bride today is being hampered. By us not participating in the bride. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. So this means that we must become convinced that change is needed. And then we must be willing to pay the price to bring about the change. Hmm. Unfortunately, I can tell you right now, there are some who are satisfied with the status quo. Please listen to me this morning. Jesus himself speaking with the Pharisees in their concern over what the disciples were doing when they came to Jesus to complain about his disciples, here's what Jesus told us to, here's what Jesus told the Pharisees. You're more concerned about the tradition than you are about what the scripture says. Folks, listen to me today. We have got to get to the place that we understand it's about what the Word of God has to say, not about our opinions or what we think is the next newest marketing scheme. Philippians chapter 3, I want you to notice verse 13 and verse 14. Or well, let's, yeah, verse 13 and verse 14. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do. He said, he said, he said I, I've not necessarily laid hold of this whole thing. But here's, here, here's what I do do. He said, in the one thing that I do, forgetting what lies behind. In other words, what's already occurred, what's, what's going on. And reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 15. Let us, therefore, as many as are perfect or complete, have this attitude. It's the mind. It's the heart. And if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. However, let us keep living by that same standard to which we have attained. Folks, if I could encourage you with this, it's not time to quit. It's time to pick it up. It's time to get busy about our father's business. And, and, and listen, please listen to me. That, that goes across the board. Not just a handful. Church statistics has been around, has been around for years. And one of the statistics that they used to show, instead of the church being an upright triangle with the base, the widest part of the base of the triangle being at the bottom and it moving up to a point at the top, the church is always operated with an upside down triangle. In other words, the bulk of the load and the task has always fallen on just a small few. Could you imagine if that's, triangle got turned upside down to where the base, the widest part of it, was where we were? D.L. Moody made this statement, here's what he said, there is nothing God cannot do in and through a person who is fully consecrated to him. Nothing, nothing that God cannot do. So what is, what, is this, what is this consecration that comes about? Well, turn with me to Joshua chapter 3. I know it's in the Old Testament. Uh, Joshua chapter 3, but the Old Testament stands as the word of God. And I want you to notice Joshua chapter 3. I want to tell you, kind of set the scene real quickly for you. Israel is getting ready to cross over into the promised land under the leadership of Joshua. But something has to happen before they do this. And so they're being called to a place here. And I want you to notice Joshua chapter 3 in verse number 5. Then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. You notice that? For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Church, listen to me. God has much more he wants to do in and through the church. God's not finished yet. God's not put things on hold. God is concerned about seeing people come to know Him. So that word concentrate means to set yourself apart, to be used by Him. One of the Old Testament prophets. His name is Amos, and God told Amos to deliver a message to the children of Israel, and the message was an interesting message, and matter of fact, here's what God told them through Amos, Amos delivered the message, and the Lord said this to the house of Israel, and if sometime you want to go read it, you can, it's actually found in Amos chapter 5. But here's what Amos delivers from the Lord to Israel. It says, seek me that you may live, but do not resort to Bethel. And do not come to Gilgal, nor cross over to Beersheba. For Gilgal will certainly go into captivity and Bethel will, be, will come to trouble. And Then he says next, seek the Lord that you may live. What is the significance of Amos' message? I believe it's very appropriate for us today. You see, Bethel was the place where Jacob had a dream that changed his life. Matter of fact, he built an altar there and made a vow on top of it. But I want you to notice, God says, but don't resort to Bethel. See, we're past Bethel. You see, Gilgal is the place where the Israelites camped after God miraculously parted the Jordan River and they stepped foot onto or into the promised land for the first time. Oh, by the way, God says, also Don't go back to Gilgal. And what about Beersheba? Beersheba is the place where Abraham made a treaty with Abimelech and called on the Lord. Matter of fact, Isaac dug a well there and he built an altar also. But you notice, God said Bethel will become or nor cross over to Beersheba. So how does this apply to us today? I want you to notice what Amos said, seek me that you may live. I honestly believe the church today, if, if, if we're going to see a movement in the church today, we have got to get away from going back to Bethel, going back to Gilgal, going back to Beersheba, We need to look forward and straight ahead. Because the same God who worked at Bethel, the same God who worked at Gilgal, the same God who worked at Beersheba, the same God who worked in the moving of planning this church here in this location, my dear friend, please listen to me. He is the same God today. He hasn't changed. But what do we do from here moving forward? I don't care what the culture says. The culture does not define who we are. And never should culture define our message either. Because the message never changes. But I will say this. We need to look forward to the next Bethel. We need to look forward to the next Gilgal. We need to look forward to the next Beersheba. We need to look forward to the next place that God is going to take us to. But I will say this. The Bethels, the Gilgals, the Beershebas. We can look back and see the faithfulness of God. But please listen to me. But we shouldn't live there. We need to live today. So we can also look back and see the faithfulness of God through it all. But we need to look around today. And see that God is at work right here and now in the present. God said, We were looking at it in Sunday school this morning. It's an interesting phrase. Jesus was being questioned. By the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. And a matter of fact, they were trying to trap Jesus in all of it. But here's an interesting thing. Here's an interesting statement that Jesus made. Because he said, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the, and the God of Jacob. Not of the dead, but of the living. My dear friend, please listen to me today. From my heart to you, God is still on the throne. God is still actively working in people's lives. Either we can be a part of it, or we can just hope that culture will go away. Let me share something with you. It is not going away. So what are we going to do as a church? And I can tell you, we need help here. We need help in several areas. And that means from senior adult all the way down. But we need help. In our children's ministry area, I'll tell you what, we could use. Pull a number out of the hat. 10, 15, 20, 30? How about in the church as a whole? Church as a whole, we hey, we got places right now on ministry teams. We need folks to sign. Hey, let me tell you what, let me tell you what, let me tell you where we are. It goes like this. I don't know what I can do, but I'm willing to do whatever God has for me to do. See, it goes back to our mind and our heart. Are we willing to go there? That's the question.